Thank you for downloading this sermon from Trinity Presbyterian Church in Spartanburg, South Carolina. For more information about Trinity, visit our website at www.trinityspartanburg.com. Amen. So tonight I have a question for you that will get us uh, going here. Um, and that's this Do you enjoy God? Do you enjoy God? Yes, Maggie, you do? Yeah? You guys, you girls do? Good. Good. It wasn't so quick from the adults to nod their head, right? Um, But this is the task that we've been given by the Lord, enjoying God. Um, I know I've been preaching on the fear of God, and this this is not a contradiction to that. It fits together with the fear of the Lord. Um... And, and yet, um, I, want to, uh, I want to bring, bring this here tonight because I think it is something that we struggle with. It's something that we don't give ourselves over to. And, um, you know, sometimes that comes out of a, a, a short-sighted theology or it comes out of uh, just difficult circumstances that we're working through and we we become self-focused rather than focused on God. There are many reasons for it. But you know the first answer to the first question of the catechisms, and that, that commends to us um, the glorifying of God and the enjoyment of God forever, right? What is man's chief end? And what does that mean? What, why, why do we ask what is man's chief end? What, how would we paraphrase that question to make it simpler? What is the purpose of man? Yeah, what's man's purpose? I mean, why are we kicking around? That, that's not a question to be answered. I'm, I'm just restating the question. Thank you, though. There may be questions for you later. And so... The purpose of man, man's purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. To glorify God is to lift up his name, it's to honor him, it's to acknowledge that he is God and that he is to be feared, right? And it is to uh, magnify his name. And then we come to enjoy him and we get sort of flummoxed. What does that mean to enjoy God and enjoy him forever? We certainly have a sense that we can enjoy God in the hereafter, right? When we're done with sin, when, when things have changed, when the earth is redeemed, when everything crooked is put straight, then we have a sense that, okay, that there's some enjoyment of God. But is that enjoyment to extend, into this, to extend back into this life? And, and, of course, the answer is yes. Um, and so we're going to focus on the, the second part of that That first catechism answer. Um, one of the reasons you and I have been created to is, to is to enjoy God. Have you been doing what you were created to do? Right? Have you been doing that? Have you been enjoying God? Have you been reveling in His greatness? Have you been meditating on, on the delights to be found in Him? A few years back when, uh, when the movie screen still worked in our van, um, and before I tore it off the roof, um, because it wasn't working, the uh, we watched Chariots of Fire on one of our long, long vacations, long vacation drives. The movie is the story of what missionary? Come on, Zeke. I thought you, Eric, Little, or Liddell. I think it's Little. 
Eric Liddell, a Christian man who was a world-class runner during the early part of the 20th century. He, he's known because he refused to run on the Sabbath. He, he refused to run on Sundays, which um, led to some, uh, him missing some particularly uh, important races. Um, one of the recurring phrases in the movie spoken by uh, Liddell was a, a line you may remember, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Right? He made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. Have you, is there a similar statement you could make? You know, God has made you a certain way, and when you're doing that thing that he created you to do, you feel his pleasure. Um, we should all be able to say that to a certain extent. And we should, not even if he's made us run fast, should we be able to say that. Just being given breath for another day is a, is a reason to um, feel his pleasure. Taking every breath, right, should lead to a pleasure. So that's what, what Eric said. That is another way of saying that when um, he was doing what God had gifted him to do, he enjoyed God. Do you ever have that experience? Do you believe part of this life, hard as it is in the fallenness of this world, is to enjoy God? Um, now, we've just come off the sermons on the fear of God, and hopefully you're convinced that that is right and good, and it's a part of the Christian life. And as I said in those sermons, to fear and love God is not a contradiction in the Christian life. And now I'm switching gears again and telling you that you should enjoy God, right? You should enjoy Him. Uh, those we love... This is generally true. Those we love, we generally tend to enjoy, right? Right? There should be enjoyment that goes along with those we love. And if we love God, there should be enjoyment of God that goes along with that. And we long to be with those we love and long to fellowship with them. We, we want to enjoy them. Is that true of, of God? Do you long to be with Him simply in order to remind yourself of His immense goodness, His kindness, His love, His everlasting love, His intense jealousy for you, right? You stop and think and meditate on that. and Does that fill your heart with joy? Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. What do you take delight in? If I, if I asked your children, what does your mother or father take delight in, what would their answer be? Zeke, what would your answer be? No, let's not do this. <laughs> what, what would they say? What would your spouse say you take delight in? You know, what's the thing that, that, that you know, it's like all the work is over and you gravitate toward that one thing, you know, it, it might be new grass, right? You want to just rest and put some new grass on your radio and enjoy it. But when new grass is, is funky bluegrass, it's new grass, okay? Um, for those, it's good stuff. You should listen to it, seriously. Awesome range and, I don't know, um, s- steep canyon rangers, things like that. But that's what Anna loves, and, you know, and she wants five minutes to herself with six siblings so she can listen to 
to music and enjoy it. Um, you know, that, is that, is there any sort of parallel between that and how we approach our Father in Heaven? Um, we certainly enjoy people, right? There are people that we gravitate toward and enjoy and want to spend time with. Um, do, we do, do we delight ourselves in the Lord? Um, or is Christianity more of an intellectual or even a political commitment? You know, Christianity can almost just become a political commitment these days and not about a relationship with, with God Almighty. Scripture tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. And certainly part of delighting ourselves in Him is that. Certainly the main part of that is delighting ourselves in Him and the splendor of His majesty. When, here's another question, when do you enjoy Him? Or do you? Right, that's the first question, do you? And then it's when do you? Right, when do you make time to stop and taste that the Lord is good? When do you do that? Um, Is it in worship? Is it in worship or not in worship? Is that one of your harder times to focus on the goodness of the Lord? Is it in private devotions and meditations? Well, it can't be if you don't do them. Right? If you don't do private devotions, then that can't be the time. Is it when you pray? Well, again, are you praying? Right? If you don't pray, then that can't be the place where you do it. Um, when you are working, right, like Eric Liddell running, is it when you're doing what God has created you to do? Do you enjoy God, or is that just more of um, you're using your muscles and you're doing, doing the next thing? Is it when, um, when maybe when you're not working, when you're, when you're away from work? Is that when you enjoy God? Is it when you're hearing His Word preached? Are you thinking about the fact that God has, God has set up this crazy situation where men preach His Word to you and you go away having heard the Word of God? Is that when you enjoy God? Um, when you're among the, His saints in His bride, the church, fellowshipping, is that just enjoying other people or is that f- filled out by enjoying God himself? Do you ever step back when you're in the middle of the church and say, I'd rather be here than dwelling in the tents of wickedness? Because, because this is God's people, because this is God's house. Do you ever stop and enjoy that fact? Or... Or is the enjoyment of God simply not at all a part of the way you would conceive of your relationship to Him? You think more of God as one who is continually disappointed with you. Continually keeping account of your sins rather than casting them into the depths of the ocean and forgetting them, as he says, if you're in Christ. Um, life perhaps is so burdensome to you, and it is to all of us at times, that you believe the only enjoyment you will have of God will be in the life to come. And until then, there's going to be just struggle after struggle after struggle. And partially that is true. That is a sense, is the message of Ecclesiastes, right? That 
I looked here, I looked there, I looked everywhere, and it was all vanity. It was all vapor. It was just, there was no substance to it. When can I get around to something substantial? Um, you know, is, is it life is hard, so hang on until the bitter end? Is that how you conceive of it? Or do you have God now? Right? Do you have God now as your treasure? Do you have him now as your comfort? Do you have him now as your protection? Jonathan Edwards said, God is the highest good of the reasonable creature. The enjoyment of him is our proper end and is the only happiness with which our souls can be satisfied. To go to heaven fully to enjoy God is infinitely better than the most pleasant accommodations here, better than fathers and mothers, husbands, wives, or children, or the company of any, or all earthly friends. These are but shadows, but the enjoyment of God is the substance. These are but scattered beams, but God is the sun. These are but streams, but God is the fountain. These are but drops, but God is the ocean. Right? Any, any of the things we enjoy here, he's saying, derive from the goodness of God. And, and, to, and we, we can't just get caught up in the beams and forget that there's a sun. Right where those beams come from, and that's God Himself. Thomas Watson, in his Body of Divinity, that's a he did a commentary on the Shorter Catechism. Writes this: the sweet enjoyment of God is this: when we feel His Spirit cooperating with the ordinance and distilling grace upon our hearts. When, in the Word, the Spirit quickens and raises the affections. Luke twenty four. 32, did not our hearts burn within us when, this, you know, when Jesus is speaking to uh, those, those that did not recognize him? Did not our hearts burn within us when he was speaking? When the Spirit transforms the heart, leaving the impress of holiness upon it, 2 Corinthians 3.18, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory. When the Spirit revives the heart with comfort, it comes not only with its anointing, but with its seal. It sheds God's love abroad in the heart. Romans 5.5, 5, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Think about that for a moment. Just stop and think that our fellowship through the Spirit is with the Father. It's, a, it's the involvement of the whole Trinity in our understanding and enjoyment of God. Jesus prayed this way in John seventeen thirteen, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. So Jesus is praying for the protection of his people. He's praying for his apostles and their protection. And he says in the middle of that passage, he's praying, speaking these things in the world, so that they may have joy made full in themselves. If it is not God you enjoy, what is it that you do enjoy? If it's not God that you enjoy, what do you enjoy? The things of the world, right? Um, some are good. Some are bad. But, but um, we have to think of... <clears throat> we have to think of God in the things that we are to enjoy. 
Um, If it's not God that we enjoy, then it's likely the passing pleasures of sin, as Hebrews 11 says it, choosing rather to endure ill treatment, speaking of Moses, with the people of God, than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. To enjoy them, right? To enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. What's the chief end of man? Many would say that it's to enjoy the passing pleasures of the flesh. Right? If you don't know Jesus Christ, that's the only answer you have. It's the next sensation. It's the next, uh, it's the next um, worldly treasure. Right? But if you have God, then to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin seems very foolish. It's the lust of our heart that we enjoy instead of God. Watson again says, How wicked are those who prefer the enjoyment of their lust before the enjoyment of God. What if we don't enjoy God? Does Scripture say anything about that? Well, Deuteronomy 28, 47 says this, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and a glad heart, for the abundance of all things, therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, in the lack of all things, and He will put an iron yoke on your neck until He has destroyed you. So that there's a passage that defines what, what it, what's at stake in not enjoying God. This is a rather serious matter. And it says, look, if you're not enjoying God, then, then God will, will give you over to your enemies. He will send them against you because, because you're finding your enjoyment in other things. And God is a jealous God. He doesn't, he doesn't broker any any um, rivals. It appears a lack of enjoyment of God shows the pursuit of enjoyment in other things and abundance of all things. The enjoyment of God then becomes the antidote to the poison of all the fleeting pleasures, the temporary joys of pursuing that which God forbids. And so, so hopefully that's led you to examine yourself. What is it that you enjoy? Some people have a hard time coming up with things they enjoy. They're just, they're, they have that artist mentality, right? Just dark, dour, profound things are the only things that have meaning to them, but anything that brings joy is trite, right? Don't be like that. That's terrible. Enjoy things that are meant to be enjoyed. Enjoy the good gifts that God gives to us and enjoy God himself. For some, for some others, they... I don't, and it's not me, but there are people that they enjoy everything. I'm just like, how could you possibly enjoy everything? They enjoy, you know, the long drives with the kids in the car. They enjoy putting kids to bed and, and, and giving them baths. They enjoy work. They enjoy everything. They just have this, this sense of uh, joy that rolls with them. And I'm always jealous of that, right? But that, too, can just be... Um, a worldly sort of joy and not a joy in the Lord himself, right? That may just be you have a, a, an excess of, of hormones running through your brain that I don't have, right? But, but, it can, but what of the joy himself, the joy of God himself? How do we do that? 
how do we pursue the joy of our joy in God? Well, it takes time, right? Yeah, I got to study him. Study him just as if you, you know, all the things you enjoy in this life, you study quite well, right? The things you enjoy, you begin, I mean, the, the trivia we learn about our favorite TV shows, right? We dig in deep when it comes to a television show, and we can tell you, like, the titles to all the Star Trek, you know, shows and who was, you know, who's the villain in this or that. And then when it comes to God, we have a hard time saying very much about the reasons we enjoy him and who he is and what he's done. And that's just mind-boggling. It's a mind-boggling disorder, right? So you have to study him. You have to go to his word. You have to, you have to love it. You have to, you have to dig into this book, which is what he has given us to know him, right? So if you find you're not enjoying God, well, it's, maybe it's you haven't read his word properly. You haven't read it so as to find out about him and his relationship to you and your relationship to him. So you have to go to the word. You also have to pray. Prayer. It is important that we pray to God. Can you imagine having relationships with somebody you enjoy and never talking to them? It doesn't make any sense. The communication between you and the Lord is very important. You will enjoy God as you pour out your heart to him and he listens to you and he provides for you and you can then acknowledge that it was all by his hand, that it was done. And so that takes time though. When do you do that? When do you make time to enjoy God? Well, if you're reading his word in order to know who he is and if you're praying to him in order to relate to your heavenly father, well, then, you're, then you are taking that time and that's good. Excel still more. Do more. Um, Go further. Uh, Secondly, so that's number one. Take the time to study him and talk to him. Second, get yourself around those who do enjoy him. Get yourself around people who enjoy God. Are there uh, people who drag you down to earth? Get away from them, right? Get away from those who drag you down. And surround yourself with, with people who, who seem to have their minds in heaven, who seem to have their, their uh, every meditation on God. Hebrews 3.13 says, But encourage one another day after day, as long as it's still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Encourage one another. Right? Get around those people that are fulfilling that verse. Encourage one another day by day. And then Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking our own assembling together is the habit of son, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's interesting how that verse says encouraging one another. We think of it as assembling together, but the purpose is for the encouragement of one another. And so um, if get, a, get yourself around those who do enjoy him. And that, that simply means... It's lack in your relationship with God if you're not enjoying the things that the elders have implemented in your own church. Right? It just means you're not pursuing the enjoyment of God. And, and we should avail ourselves of all the things that we, um, all the ways that the elders have called us to gather together for encouragement. For the pursuit of the, the knowledge of God. It's, it's nothing less than, than that. It's about pursuing God. 
3, uh, start giving him thanks as, as if he were sovereign all the time and everywhere. Right? He is sovereign all the time and everywhere. Start giving him thanks. That's another way to enjoy him, right? To give thanks. Lord, I thank you for this and that. I thank you that, that uh, you've protected us. I thank you that we were in the car crash. I thank you for everything that you've brought about in my life. Thank him as if he were sovereign. That is to see, when we give thanks to God in all things, it is to acknowledge that God is in all things. Right? And that's the way we enjoy him, is to see him in all things, everywhere, all the time. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Fourth, pursue a childlike faith. The profound thing about children is they so deeply enjoy things, don't they? Children get excited. They enjoy things. They just, they, they, um, they have a hard time containing their joy in things. Cynicism and, and suffering hasn't driven the joy out of little children's hearts. Right? Matthew 18.3, um, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so there's a trusting nature, there's a, there's a, there's a, um, a, a clear love that children have, but there's also just a simple joy and enjoyment of things. And so um, pursue that childlike faith. Don't, don't pursue God as if he's an, a math equation, right, to be figured out. Pursue God as a father, right, that you can know. And, um, and that you are his child. Five, get rid of things that drag you down to earth. If every time you get on Facebook it causes you to envy, what good is it? It's just going to dr- drag the joy out of your life. My wife quit Facebook because she sinned every time she got on Facebook. She couldn't handle it. The jealousies, the... Just, and, and this is me too. I'm confessing my sin through her. Probably shouldn't be done. Um, you know, just the stupid things that people put up there. And then you begin judging people. Right? And so it's just this... this um, if, if it's not helpful to you um, pursuing God, then cut it out. Then get rid of it. You know, um, if Facebook causes you to envy, what good is it? If Fox News just causes you to worry, what good is that? You know, they're not profits, let me tell you that. They're in it to make money. That's what the news is, okay? So many, th- so many things, um, there's so many things that, that are produced to dazzle you, but all they do is diminish the glory of Christ. And that is the work of the devil, to get you to settle for the world and miss the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness in Christ Jesus. Right? That, that is, is um, the, the temptations that come upon us. Colossians 3.1, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth, for, they, for you have died, and your life is hidden in Christ. With Christ, in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be, be revealed with Him in glory. Sixth, here's the sixth thing to do, to pursue enjoying God. Be sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. 
right? Sorrow is definitely going to be a part of our lives, and the enjoyment of God is not to cast out sorrow. Sorrow is going to be there. But in sorrow, always be rejoicing because of the goodness of God, right? Sing Psalm 42 if, if sorrow begins to predominate in your life, right? You remember Psalm 42 as the deer pants for the water books? So my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food night and day. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember and I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go along with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with the voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. And then this, why are you cast down, O my soul? You know, this, this sense of even though things have changed and things are hard, there is still a good God above. Seventh, pursue a good conscience. It's another way to enjoy God. It is impossible to enjoy God with a conflicted conscience, right? It is torturous. Repent of sins. Reconcile with brothers and sisters. Find accountability. Take every thought captive, all for the purpose of this enjoyment of God. You can't approach God with a conscience that is conflicted. Sin breaks down our enjoyment of God. But the goal of our instruction, it says in 1 Timothy, is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Right? That's the goal of our instruction, is a good conscience so that you may rest and know that God is good. Eighth, enjoy God because He is happy. God is happy. Piper says, can you imagine what it would be like if God who ruled the world were not happy? What if God were given to grumbling and pouting and depression? We would all relate to God like little children who have a frustrated, gloomy, dismal, discontented father. They can't enjoy him. They can only try not to bother him or maybe try to work for him to earn some little favor. When he created, he stood back and said, very good. He is not frustrated. Isaiah fourteen twenty seven. for the Lord of hosts has planned and who can frustrate it? And as for his stretched out hand, who can turn it back? But most importantly, how can we know God is happy? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Right? God is pleased in his son. In Jesus Christ, all the promises of God are yes and amen. Jesus took the wrath and you get the smile of God. Jesus got the battering. And you get the peace that follows the battering. He became sin so that you might be cleansed, right? And God is happy with that sacrifice. God is happy with that. God, we could say, enjoys his son. And so we see the enjoyment of God in God. And so we follow that. Psalm 63 is where I'll end. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus, I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. 
Right? That psalmist knew God and proclaimed it in that psalm. And his, his soul thirsted for God. And he knew that what he had in God was better than anything that he had in this life. Right? Your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. Satisfied as with marrow and fatness, right? The, the good parts, those, those rich parts is what we have in God. And so we will offer praises with joyful lips. So this week, a challenge, just pursue these things. Pursue God to enjoy Him, right? Don't put them on the shelf now at the end of Sunday and think about Him next Sunday, right? That's not right. Right? That's not right. When an Almighty God providentially orders your life and is constantly, constantly rendering you help for you to place Him on a shelf and forget about Him. So go to the Word. Go to prayer. Pursue Him this week for the, for the sake of enjoying Him. Enjoying His glory. Let your mind meditate on Him day and night. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank you for revealing yourself to us, and we do proclaim that you are a glorious God. You are a faithful Father. And Lord, we forgive us for being like the Israelites who, who though they had manna to collect and every meal provided, just grumbled and complained against you. They did not enjoy your provision. They did not enjoy you. So I pray that we would remember that and remember their example and turn away from it and find our true enjoyment in you. Father, wean us from our love of the world and the things of the world and, and all the things that dazzle us. And Father, I pray that we would more quickly turn our minds to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.